and welcome to the Donmar Warehouse podcast. This episode is all about Blank by Alice Birch, which opens at the Donmar in October. This is a new co-production with the brilliant Clean Break, who are celebrating their 40th anniversary this year. In this episode, we hear from Donmar Artistic Director Michael Longhurst, Clean Break's co-artistic director Rasheen McBrin, Donmar Resident Assistant Director Blythe Stewart, and Blank Company members Jackie Clune and Aisha Antoine as they discuss the play and what attracted them to it. My name is Mike Longhurst, I'm the director. There are most people in the room, they haven't to say hi to me. This is Blythe. Hi, I'm Blythe, I'm the assistant director on Blank. My name is Roisin McBrin, and I am joint artistic director at Team Break. I'm Jackie Clune, and I'm one of the actors in the play. So this is quite an unusual um, setup for us at Dunmore, um, in the sense that this is a co-production. Um, and we are co-producing with Clean Break, um, who people in the room may know the work of. It was really important to me when I was putting together my first season uh, to get an amazing piece of British new writing into the programme. Um, and I think one of the hardest things when you come in as an artist director is that you are arriving, and essentially the commissioning cupboard is bare because that journey starts on your arrival. Um, and so I was really looking to find um, a play that I thought spoke to our time and that should, should be part of that season. Um, and I had the opportunity to read essentially half of what Blank was at that moment. Um, and it had a profound effect on me. Um, it's one of those moments you find yourself weeping and you read it and screen your computer. And um, I was excited at the possibility that this might be able to get to our stage. Um, but actually what was exciting was it was only half of a play for some very special reasons. Um, and I'm going to hand over to Roshi to talk a little bit about where the play came from. Um, yeah, is that right? Yeah, great. So the play is written by the brilliant Alice Birch, who we were lucky to have on commission. I, I joined, I took over the organisation with two other women in July of last year, but prior to that, I was head of artistic programme, and my job was commissioning our artists, basically commissioning and developing all of the projects that we produced. And when I started, Alice was on the slate, but there was nothing there. She hadn't begun. Part of what happens with an artist at Clean Break is we work predominantly with playwrights and we only work with women. And we have a really special way of bringing them into the core of our organisation. And at the heart of our organisation are our members, who are women who have been to prison or women who are at risk of involvement in the criminal justice system. So the way writers begin to learn the bigger picture of the issues that are facing our members is by working with this Honour Members Programme. So we have an amazing site. We have a building in Kentish Town where over 100 women per annum come and take courses in theatre. And we bring artists into those spaces. So Alice worked with us to, she, she did one of the writing courses with us. And all that really is, is we think about it as an exchange. So her skills are being offered to our members and by osmosis really, there is something about the <coughs> center of where they're coming from that is exchanged through that process. And as, and as an extension of that, um, we then go into prisons. So Alice came into Holloway with myself and a woman called Lorraine who works with us. Um, we did a um, residency there. And then we got to the point of trying to define what she wanted to do. And we specifically wanted to look at the particular issues 
um, of how young people were impacted by sending women to prison. So uh, there's loads of statistics, but ultimately 30% of the women who are sent to prison for as little as six weeks have their children removed from them. And that places them in a cycle of care that doesn't have great outcomes, to say the very least. The statistics are really stacked against young people who are in care. But Alice being Alice, who is a massively visionary, extraordinary artist, kind of went, you know, too small, too small, too small. But I need to do more than that. So we had already started talking to the National Theatre, who run a programme called Connections, which is working with, they basically produce 10 plays a year, and those plays are for groups of young people to perform. So Alice said, I'll do it. I'll do the Connections bit, but then there needs to be another beast that sits alongside it. But she kind of even went further than that. And in writing her Connections play, she wrote 60 scenes for young people to choose the ones they wanted to make into 40 minutes. And then for the Clean Break Commission, wrote an extra 40 scenes. And in a way, I don't want to speak for Alice, but it is a statement of where she found she couldn't stop in terms of the core of these stories. Where actually, in just telling the story of young people who whose parents had been sent to prison, it kind of wasn't enough for her because her immersion in the organisation, but her own, she's done lots of things herself. She used to volunteer in a, um, a centre for sex workers in South East London and she's got an amazing mind and she's, she's a brilliant person and an amazing artist, but she really felt like it couldn't be contained, this story and how epic it is, but in the very smallest corners of society. And in a way, that is in how I would define blank as well, that it's this epic beast of tiny fragments um, looking at all of the ricocheting effects of how we, we leave women very often <coughs> unlooked after and in order to fend for themselves, they become criminalised. Um, so was that even, I can't that even remember the question, but it's <laughs> beginning yeah. somewhere along the funny old road to get to somewhere that we're at today, which was then the moment where Mike and I started talking about this project. And when I came to it, I guess there were the 60 scenes. Yes. And when Alex writes these yeah. scenes, they, uh, she doesn't use character names. No. So uh, the, 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 each line of dialogue is just ascribed to a dash or to a letter. And... Um, any names within the scene are just sort of bracketed as name one and name two. So there's a real offer to the director in how these scenes should be cast. And as soon as you take two scenes and you place them next to each other, there's then a decision about, well, is A in that scene the same A in the next scene? So should that be the same person? Is it a different person? Is it an act of doubling? Is there continuity of narrative thread? And that process can continue from one scene up to, there were a hundred scenes on the table to, I guess, four and a half hours worth of material yeah, that we were yeah. sort of like, which is sort of an, an overwhelming amount. I think it absolutely speaks to your point that Alex wanted to really reach across society and across all the corners of the system really. Mm. And, and these scenes, some of which are a page long, some of which might be 10 pages long, I guess, mm. in terms of material, all function in different ways and shed light on different things. And um, and I must admit, the thing that made me want to jump and program it, because the first thing I did is when I sort of said to myself as I got this job was, well, obviously we'll never program a play that's not finished. <laughs> and then you read this sort of wealth of raw material and go, we can't not do this. And actually, this is inherent in the artistic gesture of the play, the mm. act of 
finishing it as a company, the act of selecting what the arrangement of the scenes is, what the size of the company is, who is in that company, who is representing these stories, is all part of the artistic process, and that's sort of been shared from Maria across the team. Which was such an important part of it, wasn't it, for us to find the right director, because the director in this case is doing a huge amount more, I would argue, than frequently if you're working with a play or a new play because a big part of the offer is how she then, what she chooses. So how the combination, how she's, what she says no to, what she discards, and what becomes the blank at the Donmar, which is going to be a totally unique offer in that when it's produced again, which it will be, it's such an extraordinary thing, it will be different again because of that other voice. <coughs> Um, and we're very lucky that it was Maria, aren't we? Yeah, and then yeah. Maria is a, a, a director, Maria Aberg, who, um, whose work, uh, she's done a lot of uh, contemporary revivals up at the RSC. She's done some very bold reimaginings of plays there. She's done, you know, challenging gender roles, challenging, challenging settings of plays. Um, so she did Duchess of Malfi, Anna King John, and yeah, great work up there. And then last summer I saw her amazing production of Little Shop of Horrors, which um, actually, I think, I was really excited by the visual flair that she brought to that, and the humour and the panache, because actually, when you have this huge amount of material, it's incredibly emotive, you need to be able to present it in a way that the audience can take, actually. Yeah. It's in a very basic way, there's a sort of potential of empathy overload, isn't there? There is, I mean, this is not a total promise, but personally, I find it, a lot of it very, very funny. And yeah, that was the experience of the read-through as well. It lives, the comedy is, lives in a slightly absurd world, and it, it is just that, isn't it, though, yeah. Aisha? Aisha Antoine is one of the cast members. Yeah. I, would, I guess it would be a, a lovely moment to sort of say, what's, what have you been up to in the rehearsal room now that you're, what's <laughs> a week and two days, this is going to be the, yeah. We have been laughing, but we have been crying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've petitioned quite hard to be in this play, which is, <laughs> which is not something that actors always do. You're supposed to be like, let them come to me, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read it a couple of years ago in its entirety and just thought, I really want to be a part of this because um, the older I get, the less energy I have, the more I want to use that energy for some sort of good. So congratulations on being part of something which I think is really, really important. Like, it's just going to be absolutely brilliant. It really is going to be brilliant and it's heartbreaking and heartwarming and I know we're prone to hyperbole because we're artists and we all say everything's always wonderful. But really, this is. <laughs> and I messaged Maria privately on Facebook to say, I hear you're directing blank. I really need to be in that play. And she said, OK, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I've only done that once before in my career. And, and, and I messaged, emailed Roisin as well. I actually got a few emails. <laughs> <laughs> really casting, because I'm, like, I actually turned down other work in the hope that I would be involved in it. It was that important to me. Did you have a specific part? In no, no, I said, I literally said, I want to serve this play in whatever way you see fit, because it, it feels that important. So um, in rehearsals, really, we've been going through the script and um, 
you know, just to, making sure that we all understand every scene and why is this scene here and what aspect of uh, this world does this scene shine a light on? And it, it um, it's really, it's really tough. It's a really, really tough play, but I think it's going to be a huge, massive hit because it's so brilliantly, succinctly written. You'll get like a two-page scene, and in that scene, you absolutely feel like you've learned something about what it feels like to be the child of somebody who's just come out of prison and won't get into the bath. You know, and it's like tiny little moments that are so epic and just show you a whole world of suffering and pain that's been brought about by, I don't know, governmental policies, by attitudes towards women that are hundreds of years old, by the care system, and, and it's just so succinctly written. It's like every scene is a tiny little crystal ball almost mm. and um, it's what I'm, do, I'm not going to crap on for much longer but I also wanted to say it's the first cast I've been in where more than half the cast are parents there are, we've had two babies in, in and out of rehearsals which has been absolutely wonderful and there's a big movement in, the, in our industry to be more family friendly just because we're artists and, and we're creatives and we work in theatres it doesn't mean we should have no right to any private life, family life, dignity at work, all of those things. And the Donmar's been absolutely great about uh, championing, championing parents and carers. And uh, that's been a really big part of this so far, the babies coming in and out. We've needed those babies. We need a basket of kittens. Yeah. So, so that's been really important too. Maria's got a one-year-old who's come in. One of the cast, Joe, she has a five-month-old that's come in. And um, yeah, I think it's it's great that we've got so many so many mums in the yeah. cast too. Yeah. I think there's um, something about the play that I love is the resilience that all the characters have, which then lends itself to a natural sense of hope, a natural sense of humour. Um, I mean, it, in some ways, kind of gallows humour, but a lot of the time it is, you know, it is, it is the joy of seeing a baby laughing, or it is that, but at the same time, it's so razor razor sharp so when the lines really hit you it's not an affectation it's not a oh you know i'm really empathized with that woman it, it hits you it mm. really hits you um yeah it's incredibly powerful but full of full of hope and full of joy mm. i think i find it I find it anywhere and <laughs> yeah. Blythe, what is your what what's been your journey role so far so uh as an assistant i do a lot of work on like research so what I've been bringing to the room this week is uh, my very minimal uh, kind of Googling of trying to come to terms with the very complex criminal justice system in this country uh, and learning about social work and foster care and bail and mother and baby units within prison and what the experience of women who go through the criminal justice system are facing every day. So I've been bringing that stuff into the room and that's meant also we've had the real joy of having uh, experts into the room so we've had women who have gone through the criminal justice system and shown that resilience and shown that optimism and they've come in to talk to us about how they've set up their own charities uh, women who uh, work who having gone through the criminal justice system came out and said I feel really passionate about this now and I want to champion other people so they literally left their jobs so that they could go start foundations or work for um, PACT which is the prison advice and care trust and um, so it's been really galvanizing uh, to have them really be so generous and share their information with us. 
and they feel like incredible women, aren't they? Oh gosh, yeah. They're like saints that come in, and there's this, this aura of good around them. <laughs> and it's what's been really thanks to uh, the research has been that um, so you have the, the prison service and social workers, but it's the amount of charities that are set up by those mm. women that go into the prisons. They've come out and said women mothers need some support when they're separated from their children or the children need support when their mothers are in prison whether it's for two months or for two years and obviously the prison service can't look after everybody but these charities run by these women who aren't earning anything they are the ones who are keeping everybody sane I think and trying to keep families together and a lot of women looking after each other that's what I found really at the end of our week last week, it was very emotional, very full of everything, we all just came in for a, just to say goodbye, really, and I'm not an emotional person, I don't like crying, <laughs> but just looking in all these women's eyes, these amazing women like Jackie, like Maria, who are working incredibly hard uh, to bring art and love to people, and just stood in that room and I just burst into tears. That was Aisha Antoine, Rasheen McBrin, Jackie Clune, Michael Longhurst and Blythe Stewart talking about Blank, which begins performances at the Dunmar on the 11th of October. Tickets are available now and you can book yours at dunmarwarehouse.com.